All humans have lied at one time or another, so we all know it involves dishonesty with the intent to deceive another person. Well, I mean, we have good players and we got a good set. I mean, we're, we're in a, we just got to get, we're right there. A normal lie is usually premeditated, told for external, social, financial, or career-based gain. I mean, you're not, it's not like we're getting ran out of the stadium. But pathological lying, which is also known as mythomania and as pseudologia fantastica, is different. Guys are right there and, and how hard they're playing and, and the belief they have in what we're doing. And we just got to keep executing. We'll find a way to make a play or two and all of a sudden you'll get over the hump. Narcissistic and histrionic personality disorders involve deceiving others, though in both of those conditions, the liar seeks to gain personal accolades, admiration, and attention. Uh, just let me handle it. Man, I, you know, there's some things that are just, you sit back, you enjoy, and you know that pretty much everyone around the country is enjoying the same thing. And that's rare these days, right? But man, an A&M loss and uh, a little uh, pseudologia fantastica after the game. It's something that everyone can just smile yeah. at. It, well, right? it's the one thing that can finally bring our country back together. <laughs> Liberals, uh, everyone, everyone can dig a Texas A&M loss on Saturday. The only bad thing is it was 17 nothing five minutes in, and I was hoping for another 77 to nothing. But I'll take it however I can get it, and fortunately I've gotten it uh, I think four times this year from Texas A&M. So life's just good. beautiful. Yeah, I've decided to run for president in 2024. On what platform do you ask um, that A&M sucks, that we all want to see USC continue to lose, and that we have home games in the 12-team playoff? That's really it. Yes. I think that's the only uh, few things unifying the country And right that now. Dave Hunziker continues to troll Texas oh, on his play-by-play oh, broadcast. Was that not amazing? I heard that. That was, Man. you know, Kudos to him. It's way better to hear it whenever it's uh, aimed at someone else, right? Uh, but that was that was something. That was amazing. I loved that. Best bye week ever? I don't know. You tell me, Dave. You gotta love Dave for putting it out there, just so matter of fact and just so easy for everyone Man. to understand. It was just great. Fine Man, work. That is, I'm telling you, that that's like a bold move for a play-by-play guy, isn't it? To to single a school out like that. I mean, I know there's rivalries, and like it's not even a, they're, they're not even technically rivals, but uh, that's a big move. It's a big move. I love it. It's fantastic. Oh, I, I don't and, hate it. And he is, uh, he's been taking his shots whenever he has opportunities. You remember last year? Oh, yeah. Where's that Sooner Magic now, baby? Where's that Sooner Magic now? <laughs> That's great. That is great. Which I was laughing. I, I can't remember if it was the Oklahoma State-Texas game or the, the Kansas State-TCU game. But – 
there was a promo commercial that ran for the Big 12 championship. And during the promo, it showed a bunch of highlights from uh, the championship games since they've rein, uh, reinstated it. What year was that? Uh, was 2017, it 2017 is the first oh, year. Was it was 17? Back. Yeah. Oh, okay. you played TCU that year. All right. So starting then and moving forward, they showed all the like a bunch of highlights from those games. Not one Oklahoma highlight in the entire reel other than people making plays on it. Oh, yeah. No, they <laughs> – Teddy, this has been going great. on for a year. Last year, last football season, the Big 12 had, like, one of those commercials that you're talking about, mm-hmm. and all it had was the women's volleyball team of Iowa State spiking it on OU – um, an Iowa State football player making a big play on Texas. It was just, it was, it was unbelievable. I don't think it showed any positive OU or Texas highlights. It was fifty percent of other Big Twelve teams making plays on OU and Texas. This has been going on for a full calendar year now. It's pretty amazing. That's great. That's great. Um, I love it. Get your shots in. That's fine. I got no problem with it. Um, I think it's great. I love the gamesmanship. Um, the pettier, the better in yeah. my eyes. He's and taking his chances, <laughs> man. That, that fits right in with this show. But right. you know what? Really petty. I'll, I'll say this about Dave. Um, it was great. I laughed. We all laughed. We all enjoy it. But it was the perfect time to take a shot at Texas because that loss on Saturday was just kind of the epitome of what they mm. are as a program, man. An overhyped mm. quarterback since day one plays awful uh they're a they're a seven point favorite in the game playing against a team that was out five starters they were beat up their quarterback probably wasn't even 100 percent without several key guys on both sides and texas just finds a way to lose they blow another second half lead it's just so saturday was so texas it just it, it was amazing to watch but it's just everything that we've seen over the course of the past decade plus yeah, that, that that Saturday, that's Texas football. That's what that is. Uh, really interesting. I still baffled by that betting line that Texas was a favorite. I, did it move any on game day? I never no. got a chance to look at no. it. No, I mean I think it was maybe closed at six and a half, but no, not really. Gee, I thought okay. As soon as everyone realizes that Spencer Sanders is playing. Like, this thing's going to come back to reality a little bit. No, never did. Never did. That was, um, that was, that was something. That was, uh, that was a great game. I mean, it was an entertaining game. The, uh, the TCU Kansas State game turned out to be entertaining, even though we didn't get to see Adrian Martinez. Um, another good weekend of college football, man. Yeah, can we it's just can we just rag on Texas for a few more minutes before we take sure. an opening break here? I don't think anyone's going to complain about that. Now I'm going to make fun of them pretty much all day today, and you're going to throw in your shots in there, you know, here and there. And the rebuttal on the text line, I'm sure, is like, "Well, they sure kicked OU's ass," and they and they did. They won forty nine nothing. All right, I'm not going to pretend like that didn't happen. But that's right. also the point, man. It's also the point. They had their biggest win over OU since, like, what, 1965, whatever it was. Um, They have all this positive momentum within their program. Yeah, they beat up OU, and they beat up OU bad. But what have they done since then, man? 
They should have lost to Iowa State at home, and then they did lose on the road to Oklahoma State as a seven-point favorite. And when I say this is Texas football, that's what I mean, man. They can't have any sort of success without turning around and looking like an average, below-average football team again. So even when they play well, even when they win at times, you cannot trust them to be consistent. It is the same thing. And this guy that I read two weeks ago was one of the top five quarterbacks in college football. Give me a break on that, man. I, it's just it, That was flawed thinking to begin with that Quinn Ewers was going to take Texas to another level. Yeah. Well, you know, it is interesting. It's still the highlight of the season for Texas is playing Alabama close in the second week of the season. That's still it, okay? Yes, they went on a three-game winning streak. They beat West Virginia, Oklahoma, and Iowa State. But I'm sad to report, since we're in this group, that the Big 12 wins that Texas has, they have two losses and three wins. The three wins are against the bottom three teams that have a combined 2-10 and record in conference play. So... That's what we were talking about last week whenever we said the gauntlet is about to uh, show itself for Texas. They got Kansas State next, then TCU at Kansas, and they finish with Baylor. They're going to be hard-pressed. I, I think they lose at Kansas State, and yep. I think TCU beats them at home. Yep. Now, at Kansas and Baylor to finish the year – you know, I don't know what happens in those games. Um, I know at Kansas is going to be tough. It's, you know, they looked bad against Baylor for a big portion of that football game and then come clawing back in it, had a chance to win it late, um, but couldn't get it done. So, But they're still going to be tough whenever Texas rolls into town. But, yeah. This is the, the exact here. same scenario that we talked about this offseason numerous times, didn't we? I said, what yeah. happens when Texas has three losses and they don't have much to play for and they've got a pretty tough little uh, end of the season? Like, what, what do we see from Texas then? Well, here we go. Right. Sork's 10-10 and 10 as a head coach. And, I, I, I mean, maybe Quinn Ewers plays better than what he did on Saturday the rest of the way, but he better if they want to, like, have any sort of success the final, what, four or five games they have left this year. Yeah. I mean, Sark is now 1-6 and six in true road games as a head coach at Texas. Right. And he had to apologize today because he and many members of the football team were so upset they just ran off the field and didn't sing the eyes of Texas. So, he, right. he had to apologize for that. Pretty wild. Um, you know, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't know what they do, like, I don't know how you explain the the late collapses they've had in their losses. You know, it's um, I don't know. It's fascinating. It's going to be tough for them rolling forward. Um, like I said, schedule gets gets really difficult down the stretch. And you know uh, what, man? Give a lot of credit to OSU and Spencer Sanders. That was a right. gritty, gutsy win, man. And I I don't. I mean, I, I think they definitely had business winning that game. I think the line was pretty deceiving there's not that big of a talent gap I think OSU is the better team but still with all those players out that was a really gutsy win by OSU just impressive. wild wasn't it that um kind of the way some things unfolded in that football game the penalty situation was odd 
14 to zero. Um, that's I don't I've never seen anything like that. But it's not as if Oklahoma State just got a bunch of great calls. Um, I don't think that punt hit Brendan Presley. It did not. Um, you know, and they also made plenty of mistakes through an intercept. I think they had the punt that was ruled to have hit Presley. They had a blocked punt, and they threw an interception going into the end zone, I think on like three consecutive drives, right? Massive mistakes in the football game and still be able to climb your way out of that hole and win the thing was impressive. Their defense was not great, but they made plays when they needed to. They gave up over 500 yards, but they held Texas to 3 of 17 on third down. 3 of 17 on third down. That's incredible. Yeah. Roshan Johnson, I I feel like he had about 17 yards per carry average and he only carried it five times. There were several times late in the game where I said, Sark, what are you doing, man? You have a quarterback that cannot throw the ball down the field right now. And it just felt like they totally abandoned the run game, which so many of these offensive gurus as head coach and play callers tend to do when the going gets tough. Well, I'll tell you. way out of it. Yeah. I, I thought Ewers made plenty of mistakes out there. But I also think that, you know, some of his best players didn't help him late. Um, Worthy had an opportunity at a deep ball uh, that for some reason he wasn't able to track properly. He makes that catch pretty much every time, but he just lost the football somehow. And then the big tight end, zero, uh, zero, uh, over the middle, had a ball hit him right in the hands that he dropped. So they didn't help him out late whenever he needed it. But, who boy, 19 for 49 ouch it's tough and i i guess 19 of 49 can only look one way there's not a you know i don't think 19 of 49 could ever look great but that was about as bad as 19 of 49 can look because there were several misses where you say where is he even throwing that ball that that's such a bad miss i mean he had some bad yeah. misses in there man some really bad misses yeah in the three interceptions um tough Tough, tough day for Quinn Ewers. So, I, which, you know, is an interesting question. I have no idea. I don't know what the conversation down there is at all, but I don't know if there's talks about maybe going back to Hudson Card or, or anything, but that's something I think that they'll probably have to evaluate going forward because, as we've discussed, not going to get any easier. And nope. the, the defense, like Kansas State's defense, is going to – you're going to really make things difficult on you, and that's on the road again. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Big 12, man, it's it's a lot of really fun football this year. It is. Um, congrats to TCU for knocking out another uh, yeah. pair of quarterbacks on Saturday. If that yeah. doesn't happen, they probably lose maybe by a couple scores. It is unbelievable yeah. that they continue to do that, man. So, wow. I'm so confused with the Adrian Martinez thing. I that was so weird. He was standing on the sideline. No one was smiling like, to him at all. Yeah. He was smiling, had his helmet on, was chatting. I it, I don't know. It looked weird. That was, I don't know, almost conspiracy theory. Really, over you think there. they were trying to throw the game? No, no, no. For point no. spread I just, purposes. I'm just. I'm saying, like for Kansas State fans, whenever you see Will Howard come in the game, which, by the way. 
I've given the dude a ton of flack over Played the last right. couple of years. Played, okay. Played pretty good. He yeah, came he in and went down, went on like four or five scoring drives in a row. So uh, not bad. Uh, and then he got all tuned up and the uh, what the Rubley kid had to come in through through a pick on the first play, and it's like, okay, well, I don't know how you're feeling, buddy, but you're going back out there. TCU <laughs> this year has knocked out uh, KU starting quarterback Jalen Daniels. Right. The very next week, we know that they uh, they took out Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, for they the University of Oklahoma. Played Spencer Sanders, who was hurt, and there were rumors all week long that he wasn't going to play. They knocked out uh, Adrian Martinez and then uh, Will Howard as well. So <laughs> it's like mm. that's f- uh, four starting quarterbacks so far in conference play. Or four quarterbacks, I should say. Wild. Wild. As it sits right now, Tyler, TCU 4-0 in conference play. I think they're – are they off this week? Yeah, or? they are. Yeah. Okay. Um, Oklahoma State is 3-1. and one. Kansas State three and one. Actually, TCU's not. They're at West Virginia. Sorry about that. Okay, could be um, a tough game for them. Texas is three and two, and then you got Baylor and Tech at two and two. Kansas two and three. Oklahoma one and three. Um, who's going to play in the Big Twelve Championship game? TCU is going to play the winner of Saturday's OSU Kansas State game. Now that's really? a complicated question because I don't know if Adrian Martinez is going to play or not. I'm going to guess that either I'm going to guess that he does. I have no idea. I'm going to say it's TCU and Kansas State, the Big Twelve title game. Wow. Okay. Like it, love it, hate it. Huh. I like it. I got no. I got no problem with that. Um. K State's a one and a half point favorite in that game. I guess. I. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Um, Just because it's at. Uh, yeah, it, it's in If it was in Stillwater, I'd pick it the other way. I, I'm more trying to judge who has the tougher schedule remaining outside of this game in Manhattan, though the winner was going to have a big leg up, whoever wins Saturday. K-State's got Texas at home, at Baylor, at West Virginia, KU at home, and then uh, Oklahoma State has at KU, Iowa State at home, at OU, and then West Virginia at home. So I feel like the two schedules remaining after they play each other are somewhat comparable. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I saw someone somewhere, you read it off, I think, laid out the scenario for Oklahoma. Is that dead after this weekend? Well, K-State had to lose four times, so I don't think it's dead. So there's one of the losses that they needed to have. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know that they've ever won a game with Will Howard playing quarterback. So, they would have on Saturday against a top ten team on the road if he just would have stayed healthy. I know, I know. Um, fascinating, fascinating stuff. All right, let's hit a quick opening timeout. Monday spot, Newcastle Casino, I forty four exit one oh seven. We've got happy hour every single day, three to six here at the Front Row Sports Bar. Other great promotions going on throughout the month of October and also coming up for November. We'll let you know what some of those are as the show rolls on. Stay tuned. Football is here, and your home for the best Sooner coverage statewide is the ref. From the booth to the sidelines and beyond, our guys are there. The OU football talk you crave is right here. On your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Sports Network. 
Why say boo this Halloween? Say booyah at Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. Featuring the new 2022 Buick Enclave, a quiet, comfortable, responsive SUV. And the new 2022 Buick Encore fits the way your life moves. Balanced handling, smooth ride, and a posh interior decked with the latest tech. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC, I-40 and Highway 81 exit 125 in El Reno. Or Dorsey-JonesBuickGMC.com. And say booyah. I want that Buick from Dorsey Jones in El Reno. Experience the new Buick. Wake up with Toby Rowland. Not much to talk about. We'll figure out a way to cobble our way through three hours. And T.J. Perry. (laughs) What a bomb. (laughs) What a complete bomb. The T-Row in the morning show. It's what a sports show sounds like when people remember to have fun. You know I'm not a Halloween guy. I think it all stems back when I was in the church youth group in Mustang growing up. And they had a hay bale maze. And I did not know at this point in my life that I am a claustrophobic individual. (laughs) This was the night that I found that out. I was praying. I was in there. I was praying. God, get me out of this. You act like you were trapped for hours. It was probably like 30 seconds. No, it was at least 15 minutes. T-Row and TJ. Weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. on the home of Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. When we look back, let's be proud of what we've become. Stronger and wiser, more caring and patient, more prepared and more resilient than ever before. At First United Bank, we're here to help make sure that when we look back, we'll see that we not only survived, but that we're ready to thrive. And that's something we can all look forward to. This is Terry Saxon, broker owner of Saxon Realty Group. My $8.99 listing fee is saving sellers thousands in listing commissions. There's no need to pay unnecessary listing fees when I can give you the same full service and sell your home just as fast. Don't just settle on any realtor to sell your home and don't assume your friend slash realtor is giving you the best deal. My $8.99 listing fee is a game changer. I'm one of the top five realtors in Cleveland County and top one third of all Oklahoma City metro area. Call me today at 405-361-3380. Visit my website at saxonrealtygroup.com. The staff of Primrose stands ready to serve families before and after the passing of a loved one. Call us today so that our staff can share with you how you are able to pre-plan all of your services in advance of a need. This will relieve your family and friends from having to make decisions on the hardest day of their life. Call us today at 405-321-6000. If you're looking to buy a new electric vehicle, call Wade Electric today at 405-329-1940 to schedule a free estimate. They have extensive experience installing different types of EV systems and would be happy to get one set up for you. Get charged up by calling Wade Electric today, 405-329-1940. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out, because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear, because I'm grilling up dinner. (laughs) Do you get it? Yes, good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container, because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. 
Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. It is a reaction Monday on The Rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, hit us up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Let's get to the text line. We'll start to preview this uh, OU-Iowa State game coming up on Saturday. OU opened as a two-point favorite. It's been bouncing around quite a bit. I think it got down to one, is uh, up to one and a half. I think it's uh, currently OU minus two in this game. Text line says, did you note OSU threw a pass in the flat for a touchdown? Three Longhorns were there. He broke the tackle, and the other two Longhorns were just watching. That was bad. Yeah. The last touchdown that OSU scored on was pretty god-awful tackling as well. Yeah. I'll say this, though, man. The tackling issue is, and it's kind of nice to see (laughs) that – it's not only an Oklahoma issue. Uh, Oklahoma State did a what I would consider to be a horrendous job tackling Bijan Robinson. Uh, and I know he's a really good player, but my goodness, there's a couple of times where he's just, I mean, he's right there. Just go tackle the dude. Just go wrap him up is all you have to do. And they, uh, they did a really poor job. But all said and done, they ended up getting the stops that they needed yeah, they did. late and um, and got the win, which was uh, was a nice, impressive win. But, yeah, I mean, the, the tackling thing, not just a Texas issue, not just an Oklahoma issue. I've seen it far and wide. You say you're all in for the pettiness by the Big 12 towards OU and Texas, but watch out when it starts to affect games regarding penalties called against us. It happened at Texas Saturday against Oklahoma State. I'm not saying that's why Texas lost, but 14 nothing on penalties seems shady. It does. I mean, the holding call late on Texas that, that um, brought back a, a third down run for a first down from Quinn Ewers, I thought was a bad call, but I didn't, um, I don't know, I guess I didn't laser focus in enough. I was kind of in and out. I mean, I was watching the game, but the penalty, I didn't notice the penalty discrepancy until late in the game yeah, when it was brought up. I, I didn't either, and the the a play that was far larger, in my opinion, than any of the penalties, any of the 14 that Texas had for what was it, 14 penalties for 119 yards, was yeah. the missed call on the uh, punt return by OSU. They gave Texas the ball with the short field. Yeah, what is that? How do they miss that? I don't know. I know they ruled on the field that it hit him, but, I mean. Replay clearly showed that, I mean, it didn't. I, that it didn't. And I, here's the thing. I, I guess I understand that some things – are, well, I guess a lot of them are judgment calls, right? But if you ruled on the field that something happened that clearly didn't happen, I don't know how you go. I, I, I don't know. I, I thought that that was a... I thought that was strange how that whole thing unfolded. Camo Suter says, I can't get over the fact that everyone puts Gary Patterson on a pedestal, yet the first year without him as head coach and TCU is undefeated in top ten. Seems kind of telling. That's interesting. Great point. Great point. Um, but here's the thing. I think I think Patterson is – I think he's a good coach. I think 
it was just time for a change for both him and TCU. I mean, because they're doing good now doesn't mean that he was a bad coach whenever he was there. I mean, he had some really good runs, had some really good football teams there. It was just time for a change for for all yeah. parties. I like this text, uh, 972 area code. Need to establish the run this week versus Iowa State. Worst Woo. team in the conference with the best defense. Don't have many household names, but very disciplined. I think that's a pretty accurate description of what Iowa State is, and you've got to establish the run, obviously. I think that this is a big game for Jeff Levy, and I think that this is a big game for Jeff Levy to show that – He's not going to abandon the run game when things start to, you know, stack up a little bit for his team. Like, I think the key against Iowa State is to not abandon the run game and take four and five yards. If you can get it, man, play in front of the sticks. Like, this has been a big play offense when it's been really clicking. I just don't know if you're going to hit on four or five deep balls on Saturday. So just be consistent and stick to the run game. I think that in that regard, it's a a nice test for, for Jeff Levy. Um, tell me what you think of this statement. Iowa State has the worst record in conference. I agree so far. But they they are not the worst team. (sighs) Um. It's hard to, I mean, it's, it's hard to, I, I, which I don't know who, who is the worst team. And I think it's happens to be one of those years where we don't necessarily have what I would call like a bad team, I think there's a there's maybe two or three teams that may trade moments as being the worst on a given week. But uh, just to flat out say Iowa State is the worst team, I know they've lost four straight conference games, but I mean I, I, mean, I see your point. Like it's hard to call the team with the best defense the worst team in the conference. So I, right. I see where you're getting at there. But this is the least impressive offense that the Big 12 probably has to offer. Though, even with that, they have the leading receiver in the conference. So this is a yeah. it's a weird team to kind of evaluate. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, statistically the worst offense, statistically the best defense. It's it's strange. Um, I guess what I'm what I'm saying is like if, if there's a bunch of Sooner fans that are looking at Iowa State saying, oh, they're 0-4 in conference, they're terrible, that's not the appropriate way to view this football team. <laughs> I don't team. think anyone's approaching this game or any other game the rest of the year that way. Right. Like, oh, these guys are terrible. We got this. No way. Well, I think – but I do think that there's some standings watching and looking at where Iowa State is and thinking, oh, we should, you know – we should cruise in this one. Oklahoma State's going to be tough. Like, but I look at this one and say, God, it makes me even more nervous that they're 0-4 because I feel like they're due to finally get a win this week. I hope not, but they've just been I could, so many close games. I could games. be wrong, right. I could be wrong, but I think this, ta- this game for Oklahoma is more difficult than both Texas Tech and West Virginia. Could be wrong on that. West Virginia might not have a head coach by the time that game rolls around. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just think I, I could get on board with that. Tech's starting to play pretty good football. Um, but West Virginia, I just think this matchup, not only is it difficult for this year's team, like an interesting matchup, it's been difficult for really good offenses in the past, which we've all yeah. seen. So it, it's a really interesting matchup for OU that 
Marvin Mims, Braden Willis, they're two best players on offense probably. OU really excels, I think, throwing the ball down the field for the most part. And Iowa State's going to take away the best probably asset of your offense that you've had consistently this year. Yeah. I mean, it's not an easy matchup for this OU team. Not an easy matchup. Going to be tough. Um, it's a it's a tough team to score on. I think we we got lucky. It ended up being a 11 a.m. kick on a Saturday morning instead of a Thursday night game. In hindsight, <laughs> right? Yeah. At first, I was like, "Oh, this matches up perfectly. It's be great. We've got a bye week the week before. Gives you a little extra time uh, to gear up for the the following week. This works out beautifully." No. Glad this game is being played on a Saturday morning. Here's that a, place would be nuts on a Thursday night. And it's probably going to be nuts anyways, even though the record is what it is. Here's a stat that will make you say, Ugh. Iowa State's given up 15.1 points per game. That's number one in the Big 12. Yeah. OU and Iowa State have played the same amount of football games this year, seven. Iowa State has given up 16 fewer touchdowns than OU has this year. Yeah. Well, that's basically the TCU and Texas game. Yeah. Now, on the flip you know? side of that, Iowa State is averaging 22.9 points per game offensively. That's last in the Big 12. They've only scored 19 touchdowns this year, which is six less than the next team. That's at number nine yeah. in the league. Yeah. So, Wild. You, you, can't, you can't give up a big day to these guys. I mean, come on. I know. Put put I a nice it. defensive day together on Saturday, please. I put know. It it. We, should, we should be able to stack one in there, Tyler. I hear you. But, you know, I guess I, I'm not going to say they're going to do anything. I, we should be able to defend them well. Um, Hunter Deckers makes plenty of mistakes. He's got a big arm and he's athletic, but he still makes mistakes. The running game, not nearly what it was with Brees Hall. They do have the big physical Xavier Hutchinson, which is which is really difficult, but offensive line play, not what it was a couple of years ago. You know, my hope is that we're able to regroup a little bit, you know, kind of gather ourselves for this stretch run, get some guys that have been banged up a little bit healthier, um, you know, dial in on some problem areas and come out and, and play a good, solid football game, which is, I think, well, all it should take, I, it shouldn't take any otherworldly effort to beat Iowa State. And I, having just said that I think it's more difficult than uh, many of the other games left on the schedule, it, it, I still don't believe it takes a Herculean effort to do it. Just go up there, play a good, solid football game, try to have some success running the ball, defend the run, make Hunter Deckers have to beat you with his arm, and you should be able yeah. to, to get out of there with the W. Held a good Kansas offense, just 14 points, and that's when uh, Jalen Daniels was healthy. He was just 7-14 of 14 mm-hmm. for 93 yards. That was a great defensive performance. And then that Kansas State offense, who's been pretty good when they're healthy, held them to just 10 points. So yeah. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good defense, man. I mean, it, I don't know if it's the best defense that they've had since Campbell got there, but by the numbers it might be, actually. Yeah, it, they're. I think they're. Kind of, I think they're still within the range of, of where they've been um, statistically. They stopped the run really good. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, the the running attack. We've got one of the better rushing attacks 
in the entire Big 12. Kansas State is 232 a game. TCU is 227. We're 222. So right there tight with the teams at the top. Iowa State, number one rushing defense in the conference, giving up just 105 a game. So that's where the real battle is going to be. Fully expect this game to come down to the final three minutes. Would be shocked at a blowout one way or the other on either side. Man, I agree with you. However, it could be stressful. I, I've always said before that I like the close games. You know, I like the drama. I don't know if I want any more drama this year. I've had enough drama. You know? Yeah, well, right. and for the past several years, I've had enough drama. I could yeah. use just one relaxing Saturday where it all goes Nice well. blowout. Reaction Monday on the rush, 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's go there now. Philip from McAllister, he asked when was the last time OU won all three phases and had a plus in the turnover battle. Got to be the Nebraska game, right? Uh, yes. You turned Nebraska over twice. You had that late turnover in the game. You definitely won special teams, though. You missed a field goal in the game, but you're pretty good with punt returns. Right. I'd, I'd say Nebraska. Yeah, probably Nebraska. Yeah. Which before yeah. Uh, the Kansas game, everything positive about this team, the answer was the Nebraska game. When's the last time you got a sack? The Nebraska game. When's the last time you had a lead? <laughs> the Nebraska game. When's the last time you won a game? The Nebraska game. So at right. least the Kansas game. You got a sack, a lead, a win. So now it's the Kansas game instead of the Nebraska game. I know. It's um, hmm. it's not optimal. I think it's possible to win all three phases in this football game. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but the critical point, you pointed this out, and I totally agree. Running the football, man, it, that's the matchup. In order to have success against them uh, through the air, being able to hit on anything deep, you got to be able to run it first and foremost. And as we all know, they make it incredibly difficult. That doesn't mean that you just abandon it and and try and air it out against them. That's not a that's not a good plan of a, attack either. We will lose this game, forty-two thirty-eight, and Hunter Deckers will enter the top five in the Heisman race with six touchdowns and 669 yards passing. Mm. <laughs> hey, they scored oh, 38 no. points against the number one defense in the conference. Hey. Yeah. I I don't know. Now, I'm not saying that they can't win the football game. I think that there's a scenario in which that could take place. But, man, hey, have you seen the – the FPI or whatever it's called now, how much it swung into OU's favor? The ESPN FPI? I checked it this morning. It was the same as what I saw last week. You're saying oh, it's You updated? know what? You're right. It is the same. I thought I thought I was looking at OU, no. uh, but that's Iowa Similar State. Similar colors, Teddy, but no, they uh, well, like Iowa State 62% to win this game. Well, Oklahoma is the darker of the two. Uh, but on this graphic, they've got Iowa State as the darker color um, and not the not the bright red. So, my mistake. Yeah, 
That's that's fascinating. Is in the line is the same one and a half? That's where it was. Yeah. Oh, we're a favorite on the the betting line. Yeah, yeah. They opened as so a, that's changed. I think they opened as a two and a half point favorite, and it got down to one, and now it's one and a half. It's kicked back up. So, but they did open as but a favorite. Originally, we were not favored in this. Like whenever you were, yeah, we heard couple, the early lines last week, and I right. think OU was a three point dog. Right. The only one they were a favorite. And there was only one game remaining, right? What one was that? We were just like a half. Uh, point there, there were two actually. Um, oh, okay. I think Baylor might have been one, and West yeah. Virginia might have been the other. You know, last week we laid out that in the ESPN FPI, OU is favored to lose all five of their remaining games. West Virginia looked so bad on Saturday that OU now has a fifty-one point six percent chance to beat West Virginia. So there we go. five and seven finish is what the ESPN FPI projects. Nice, very, very nice. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Now, uh, is the Brock kid for them still hurt? The running back, Jarrell Block, uh, or Brock. He's he's their leading rusher. I I don't know his injury. Uh, status, but I feel like, I feel like he, he went down. He's a nice player, point. but even if he is healthy, I think we both agree that their running game just it does not have the punch that they've had in previous years. No, no, they're uh, they're right at a hundred yards a game running the football. Brees Hall with them was excellent. He covered up a lot of their flaws on the offensive line just by how good he was making guys miss on the perimeter. Uh, you know, turning negative yardage plays into three, four, five-yard gains. Um, you know, he was really, really good at that. So, yeah, we we have a really big edge now if you talk about their offense running the ball and our offense running the ball. But, as you know, we right now are horrendous against the run. Tense. So, yeah, not good at all. So, I don't know who gives first. Do we play better defense? Um and, and keep that run game contained, or do we continue like we have and they're able to, to establish that running game against us? Uh, I guess neither, because text line says 42-38, and Hunter Upper Deckers throws for 669 yards and enters the top five in the Heisman race. Hmm. This text says, well, but can Hunter Deckers make the same mistakes that we came to love from Brock Purdy? <laughs> I, he does have, what, seven interceptions this year, but I don't think anyone can have uh, the dramatic turnovers like Brock Purdy has. Yeah. Which he got to play yesterday in a real NFL game. Yeah, well, I got to tell you, the NFL has not done a very good job of keeping my attention lately. Same. It's been, it's been a strange year, to say the least. Um, but uh, whatever. Uh, I'm shocked that we have someone picking the game like that. I'm not. And what I was just about to say is, I'm going to read one more text before we hit a break. I feel like everyone's on the same page of what needs to happen. This one says, I have no doubt we will need to score at least 38 to win the game. Our defense can't stop anyone. Don't forget Kansas scored 42 against us at home with their backup quarterback. Everyone just expects a, a shootout on Saturday. Yeah. Huh. I still don't expect a shootout. I don't. Well, I definitely like, don't not expect forty-two thirty-eight. I expect a close game, yeah. but somewhere like uh, I could see mid upper twenties. It's kind of probably the area I'm going to pick. 
that's what I would say. I I don't know, man. As vanilla as they are offensively compared to a lot of the other stuff that we see, um, I, I feel like we should do a really good job defending them. But could be wrong. And, again, like, I'm not saying that Iowa State can't win the football game. They can. But I don't see it being that type of – th- I don't see it being that type of track meet. Yeah. By the that way, would shock me. Brock Purdy completed a pass yesterday yesterday against the Chiefs. And nice. it was the first ever completed pass by a quarterback picked last in the NFL draft. Really? Since 1936, seven quarterbacks have been drafted Mr. Irrelevant. And only one of them, Chad Kelly, ever played in a uh, regular season game. He finished with negative one yards in the game. I guess Brock Purdy is the first <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback to complete a pass. Irrelevant that? no more. How about that? Huh? Love it. Just shattering barriers. Amazing. Great job, uh, Mr. Purdy. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number one next. Davis Construction bringing you this hour of The Rush. Live on The Ref, we are the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Uh, we are all over the board with what people think the defense are going to do on Saturday. I thought everyone kind of had the, the same opinion. I guess not. Dallas Bill says, loser Saturday will score 17 or less. Uh, you guys are on crack if we hold them to the 20s. This one says... Uh, I think our defense is going to show up in a big way on Saturday. OU wins by two scores and Matt Campbell meltdowns plus three. I just hope he has yeah. one that is uh, similar to the one at the Big 12 championship game in 2020. That was epic. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm not suggesting that – I'm not suggesting that our defense is anything great. But – It's been pretty standard that they can't score no matter who they're playing. And that makes everyone even more nervous. (laughs) I I think you know that. I know. I mean, I get it, but, you know, they scored 11 points against Kansas. Um, I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe they do go up and down the field on us. Um, I'd be shocked if we don't get a little bit better uh, at this point in the season. All right, quick timeout. Hour number two, The Rush, coming up next here from Newcastle Casino.